0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder.
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week we're going to tackle topics like the ghosts of relationships past, when you won't be home for Christmas, and crush shame. Mm. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed mental health practitioners of any sort. We are just two people who have a lot of opinions about things and who people ask opinions of, <laughs> which is great. It's nice it's like that it works reciprocal. out that way. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's symbiotic <laughs> in that way.
1: <laughs> it is, yes.
0: Yes, yeah, Sam and I are not professionals. We are not trained in this. We have no idea what we're doing. So please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love.
1: Yes. All right, everyone, we're going to dive right into it. Our first or our check in actually comes from a letter writer um, whose name is Dixie Normus. I know. Um, which is just wonderful. <laughs> uh, whose pronouns are she, her, uh, and who's writing from the first rung on the ladder of therapy. I think um, it should base- be
0: Dix-verage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dix-verage. <laughs> All right, whatever.
1: <laughs> I, I like it. I Thank like you. it. Um, uh, And basically... Dixie uh is starting off on their um on her therapy journey mm-hmm. and she's meeting with a new therapist and she doesn't really like that therapist and so she is wondering how to go about the process of breaking up with a therapist like what are the things that you say should you wait until you have a new therapist to break up with this one what's what's the path what's the plan how do we do this um and I love this letter because I have also had to break up with a therapist and I was like, this is hard.
0: Yes. (laughs)
1: This is like harder than I thought it was going to be. Yes, because it feels Um, like a
0: very intimate relationship. But to be fair, I feel like guilty about like breaking up with a dentist. So
1: yeah, same. (laughs) Oh, my God. My dentist is downtown and I never go downtown anymore because I don't work downtown anymore. And I still drive downtown to go to the dentist. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. Even though there's literally one across
1: the street from my house.
0: (laughs) (laughs) there is. My ex goes to that dentist across.
1: (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Yesterday they got a new dental chair. I saw it go. I saw the delivery happening. You can sit in
0: that. (laughs) All right, let's focus. (laughs) Well, actually, the reason why I brought up like the dentist joke is that I have not broken up with a therapist. I've ghosted therapist
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: and i um but when i read this letter i think about how much we've been tricked into um i don't know like over caretaking for like for like uh, a professional relationship like i'm not trying to take the humanity out of a, especially like a therapist but like um we don't have to stay in professional relationships that we don't want to be in. And I think that, like, when I read this letter, I think about people who are at a job that they hate because they feel mm. this loyalty to a company or whatever. Um, mm. This is totally different. Like, a therapist is obviously, like, very vulnerable and feels like a more intimate um, relationship. But uh, – I wanted to talk about this more in the general sense of, like, we're allowed to break up with things (laughs) Mm -hmm. in our life, even if they've, like, seen our molars or, like, heard about our dad trauma. You know what I mean?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So how did it go down for you?
1: It was so easy, friends. I was so nervous about it. And it, like, went so fine and it was like oh duh because like this therapist is an adult and this is literally their job
0: yeah (laughs) yeah 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 yeah.
1: like it was like literally like yeah they probably have people who are like oh we're not a good fit all the time and like that that's like part of the the job that they do so how did you prep Um,
0: yourself for it and like what was the execution tactic
1: (laughs) I just I knew that it wasn't really working like we just we weren't connecting in the way that I wanted to. Um, and so I just sent him an email that was like, hey, I think you're a really great therapist and I have really enjoyed our time together, but I just don't think that um, I'm getting what I need out of this relationship. And I think I'm gonna go find a different therapist, but yeah. like, thank you for- Your For time. working with mm-hmm. me, yep. Um, And it was great. And he was like, hey, if it's not working with me, I can also refer you to someone else in network. And I was like, well, by this point, I've already found a therapist (laughs) or a different one. So like I've already made another appointment. So I'm going to see how that one goes. But thank you. If I, if I um, need to, Mm -hmm. if I, this one doesn't work out, I'll come back and talk to you. Um, And it's like, yeah, I maybe hurt his feelings, right? Like I may have like made him feel bad, but it's also like, this is, he's a professional, right? right? Like, like, sure. Like literally, I'm sure that he's trained in ways of like dealing with, the disappointment of having a a client of a
0: client. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, totally.
1: Right. Like, um, probably has his own therapist to talk to about that if that's something (laughs) that he needs. Um, but yeah, I was like, when it, after he sent that email back and was like, so kind to me, I was like, of course, like, yeah, like this is their job. This is, this is exactly what they're supposed to be doing is like practicing like kindness with their clients and and also like being okay with the fact that like sometimes the fit doesn't work,
0: right? I think I mean this sounds like very general general, but it comes down to like our disbelief that we can disappoint other people and still be good people, you know? Um,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: and that and that we're allowed to say like, no, this isn't really working for me. Um, I don't mean mm-hmm. that in like a overly empowering way, but it's just true. You know, a lot of people move, move through life with a lot less worry (laughs) than I feel like I do. And sometimes I wish I could like internalize that more. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Do you think so to answer the letter writers specific questions, do they need to have like a, somebody lined up before they break up with this therapist. And and at what point, how many therapy sessions did you go through? Because, like, you're a big proponent of the or fan of the going on multiple dates. Like, you believe on going mm. going to multiple therapy sessions with a therapist that you're not vibing with?
1: Yeah, I mean, I went to probably five sessions yeah. with yeah. this Yeah, so you person. committed
0: it, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because I you know the first session's always like weird where you have mm-hmm. to like just talk about all of this stuff mm-hmm. and then it was sort of like and then it takes a little time to like find your groove with the therapist and, and so i was like trying to let that groove happen and it just wasn't really yeah, happening for totally. me so um so yeah i think like i don't I, you don't need to tell the person in person right you can just like send them an email mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't need to do it face to face um and um, I would say like if you're not vibing with the therapist then I wouldn't go, I wouldn't continue to go see them even if you don't have another therapist lined up. Like my experience was that like if I'm not vibing with my therapist then it's not helpful for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just like I'm just wasting money basically cuz like, you know, I have to pay for that session regardless right. of whether or not it worked for me. Right. Um So, yeah, I would say like in my opinion I don't think you need to like have a new therapist lined up to break up with this one. But if it's important for you to have that consistency of like doing this every yes. week and that's going to like keep you accountable, great. Then like keep doing it. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with like also continuing to see a therapist that you don't particularly connect with while you find a new one.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: But also talk to this therapist because it sounds like they have a network. And they yeah. could refer you to someone else who might work better for you. Yeah. So and, you can and having remember, that in and recommendation is really helpful.
0: Yes, totally. Upholding your boundaries and like um enacting these standards or these choices. Um, one is you're right; you're allowed to have these feelings, um, mm-hmm. and two, you can do it with love and kindness and respect. Like in Sam's email, he wasn't like, "I think you're a bad therapist." You know what I mean? You're not helping me. Like we can always wrap things in affirmation and respect, and just say, "Like I, you're obviously a great therapist. I have a lot of respect for the work you do. You're just not working for me." Thank mm-hmm. you for your time. I really appreciate it. You know, we can do all things hard in in kindness too. For random sure? random note. I was just thinking this morning on a walk um before we recorded that like like shout out to fucking therapy because this time last year, maybe a little bit a couple months. Plus a year, I was really struggling with my anxiety around just breakup, (laughs) just like Mm. feeling inadequate and feeling a lot of anxiety before recording, a lot of anxiety after recording, like dreading what I said. And Mm. it was like really affecting my day to day functioning to an irrational point. And so I went to therapy for it. <laughs> I went to therapy specifically to deal with my relationship with my dad and also <laughs> <laughs> and also my my anxiety that was really interrupting my ability to do my job and to do this thing that I love. Um and I just commented today on a walk with my wife like like yo shout out to therapy because I don't experience that anxiety anymore because mm. you know we did these cognitive Behavioral practices, you know, we we examined this anxiety and and created new routes of behavior and response to this anxiety that like I just don't Deal with anymore. So like shout Mm -hmm. out to like growth and therapy and change And I'm sharing that just to be like y'all like it doesn't have to be like this if you're struggling (laughs) There is change ahead of you. It changes possible. I know we always like talk about therapy um, and we talk about growth, but, like, that's, like, a very tangible thing. Like, 12 months later, I'm not dealing with that very debilitating thing that I was dealing with. So.
1: Right? Thanks. Absolutely.
0: Thanks, therapy. Um. Anyway, uh, you want to get into our letters?
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay. The first letter comes to us from Jealous Boyfriend, whose pronouns are he, him, who is writing to us from Southern California, where we are still having 90-degree days. All right, well, <laughs> that's... <laughs> unfortunate and also climate change um
1: Uh yeah yeah
0: hi sam and sierra my relationship guardian angels thank you so much for giving me strength and knowledge that without i would probably still be in an abusive toxic relationship thanks for giving me laughs in some of my darkest times the best advice when i needed it most and articulating things in a way that has never made me feel judged but enlightened well that is so sweet thank you so much Mm -hmm. now let me preface this with my current relationship is amazing she is 23 years old cis woman that literally lights up my life her only relationship prior was a four year long distance relationship with a guy she was engaged to in Mexico I'm a 25-year-old trans man whose only steady relationship before this one was an abusive one that brought a lot of insecurities that I am now trying to dismantle. With my girlfriend, we'll fight, we'll seek understanding and clarity, we'll make up, and we'll grow from those exchanges. I'm so grateful for the good times I have with her and how we handle the bad ones together. Saying all of this, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I met my girlfriend, let's call her M, when she was still with her ex almost a year ago at work. That day, we talked for almost 11 hours, almost uninterrupted. When I asked her for social media, she confessed that she has a boyfriend. And thinking that was it and that we would just be friends, we still followed each other and talked. That talking turned into hanging out every day after work, which turned into emotional cheating and confessions about how happy unhappy she was in her current relationship and hasn't been happy in a really long time. I tried to be a really good friend for her and ensured her that no matter her choice to break up or to stay with her ex, as long as it was authentically her choice, that it was a good choice. But even so, I was obviously biased. She broke up with her ex in early February and we went on our first official date in late March. From that time on, every month there would be a new thing with her ex, whether he reached out on Facebook using someone else's account or called her using a different number like his mom's. Here's the latest activity nine months after their breakup. Emma and I went to the Pueblo that her mother was from out in Mexico, also the same place her ex is from. It is an extremely small town. You can walk in it about 15 to 20 minutes. Everyone basically knows everyone. And seeing my ex, she was no longer the American girl who would come every two months to see Jay, her ex, but the American girl who brought her black American boyfriend. It was wildly unlikely that her ex didn't know we were there. And even more, there were some things that happened that would tell a very different story. One, the day before we left Mexico, Jay's cousin requested to follow her on Instagram. Two, a couple days after we got back, she posted a picture of us from the trip and then a random guy around her and her ex's age, not even a person she knows or has ever met, messaged messaged her on Facebook saying, Hola. Three, Jay's dad liked every single picture she put in a post individually, something he would never do even when they were a couple. While this could be all explained away as these individuals having their own agency, it would not be the first time that Jay, the ex, has used other people's accounts to try to contact, um, considering she has blocked him on everything. And in my gut, it seemed like too many coincidences to brush off as anything but her ex being up to his own same tricks. Now, I'm left in this place of feeling jealous and territorial, and I'm struggling to keep it in check. He still has pictures on social media of them kissing, posts about past anniversaries and birthdays, saying how much they love each other, and so much more. Even worse, there are other accounts that have pictures of them from parties and other things that would just be impossible to delete. It feels like watching a car wreck. It doesn't feel good to look at, but also I can't look away. There Mm -hmm. continues to be so many little reminders of her last relationship, such as pictures in her phone where she's wearing the engagement ring, videos where they're at the same party dancing separately, pictures of her birthdays out in Mexico when they're dancing together and holding hands. I don't want to be a jealous, controlling boyfriend. I don't want to ask her to delete those things on her phone because for her, she doesn't look at it and see a ring. She looks at it and sees a picture with her mom on her birthday. She sees her dancing with her cousins and her uncles. I don't want to take those physical reminders away because of my own insecurities. Saying that, I know the simple answer would be just to block him, his family, his friends on everything, right? So that way I don't see any of his old posts anymore or old pictures. So there are minimal triggers as possible, but if it was that easy for me, I would do it. I have blocked and unblocked this guy so many times. All I do is type J into my search bar and his name comes up first. I know this is not a problem with my girlfriend or even her ex, but a problem I have to address myself, but I don't even know where to begin." Would it be wrong of me to ask M to ask her ex to take the stuff down on his social media? Or should I just deal with it and keep going with my life, learn ways not to be so obsessed with her ex's obsession? I know I'm going to show this letter I wrote to my girlfriend. She'll probably comment on my grammar errors, validate my feelings, (laughs) and we'll have a long conversation about what actions we'll take from here. But I would still love to hear y'all's opinions on what we should, what you think we should do in this situation. Sorry for the lengthy submission and thank you for taking the time to read this. All right, jealous boyfriend. Thank you so much for writing, for listening, um, for being overall adorable. Um, I'm excited to tackle this one because I, yeah. I relate to it. I ha- I too have like a compulsive desire to look at X's social medias. Like, Mm -hmm. and I, and it's like, it's like embarrassing to admit that, but like, I for sure have looked at my wife's ex's social medias and like, and like have in the past like year, since we've gotten married, like what the (laughs) fuck? Like, what (laughs) am I looking for? (laughs) So that's just a daily dose of Monday vulnerability right there.
1: That's great. Yeah. I love the, the line in this letter about like, I have search for this band so many times that I just typed the first letter of his name and it immediately comes up and I was like that's when you know an actual
0: (laughs) app can drag you (laughs) (laughs) Um. okay so I'm gonna so now that you know that you and I are like are comparable people and that we have this same compulsion to watch that car accident over and over again. And not just to watch it, but to like literally type in letters that allow us to, you know, like take (laughs) actions to hurt ourselves, you know, (laughs) now that you know that we're on the same page, I am going to push you a little um, because this is, this is how I needed to be pushed. A couple things that come, come to mind immediately. And this this first one's going to be hard to swallow. <laughs> I'm just going to go for the jugular. Um, I love it. You're right. Your girlfriend doesn't look at those photos and see a ring. She sees like, you know, dancing with her mom or, or her cousins or whatever. And she also sees a time in her life in which she was in love with someone else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and, and that's like I love I love the work that you're doing, Jelly's boyfriend, to like <laughs> to to take this outside of, you you know, it's not your girlfriend. It's not the ex. It's, it's something that you need to, it's your, you see that it's your processing that is hurting yourself. You know, mm-hmm, it's the way mm-hmm. your brain is processing this, seeing this stuff and returning to it. That is, that is the, the painful part about this. But I think it starts with sort of unpacking the agency that we feel over other people's happiness Especially when we feel territorial over that, when we want to be the only thing that has ever made them smile. Guess what? Mm-hmm. You might be the healthiest, best relationship she has had, ever had, and ever will have. You might be perfect soulmates for each other, and that will never take away the fact that she was in love with someone else once. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, here's the kicker. This is what I needed to hear. Her past happiness does not threaten your current happiness. Mm-hmm. So when she looks at those photos, she might see that ring, right? She might see that time that she was with this person. That don't get me wrong, I know is so hard to literally physically accept. Like, I, 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 I itch that wound too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why I return to that wound, but I, but I, I peel that scab off every fucking time. I don't know why I do that, but the truth is. That past happiness does not threaten my present happiness and it doesn't diminish it either.
1: Absolutely. And if she hadn't had this relationship with this this man, she wouldn't be the person you love, right? Yes. Like the decisions that she made to to wind up with you required her to also go through this thing with her ex. and And like she's the person she is because of her life experiences, including this relationship that she had. Yeah. And like... Without that, she would be a different person, right? And who knows if your relationship would work or if you would be connected in that way because you know, you can't go back and, and erase the past. And like that's the big thing about it too, is that like we can't we can't take people in like pristine conditions, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone has a past. Mm-hmm. Everyone has stuff that they've done, everyone has um, you know, past relationships uh with romantic friendships whatever and they have all had experiences that have led them to this moment and that's beautiful right because Mm -hmm. like our experiences make up who we are they they inform our worldview they they tell us what we know about the world and how we want to operate in it and um I frankly wouldn't want to live in a world where people came to me pristinely right it would be so boring right (laughs) There, there would be like Everyone would be the same, I guess, like yeah. they're because like they wouldn't have had any different experiences or stories to tell me or things that they've learned about themselves or the life that they've lived. Um, And so I think if you can start to see some of the stuff that she's bringing to this relationship as an asset, right? Yes. The fact that she was in a relationship with this man made her into the person that she is. The fact that she was in a relationship with Boy, this man that. informs her worldview and made her got her to a point where she could love you in the way that she's loving you right now, right? Like that helped that helped create her. It helped create this person that you love. And so like viewing it as something positive even as, you know, recognizing that like some of the behavior that he's he's exhibiting towards her is like annoying. Yes. <laughs> is like yeah, you could please stop doing that and that would be great. Um but that experience of that relationship with him Really is informing this current relationship that you have with her in a positive way.
0: Yes, absolutely. I would even say like to to t- take the thought process one step farther, like your girlfriend is pristine. There's no such there's like mm. having past experience or having a love that came before your love doesn't taint her. Right. It doesn't make mm. her like an imperfect, you know, that's not a flaw in this thing. And I know you don't see it that way, but I think we culturally process jealousy that way, right? Like if mm. only we had this clean slate, like Sam is saying, well, like your girlfriend is a clean slate. She's not in another relationship. <laughs> She's coming sure. to you, you know, new, because every relationship is a new opportunity to be different, you know? And I think that it is probably obvious to you at this point, whether you know, through processing this with your girlfriend or or hearing what we're saying, that um there is no path in which you can control this ex's behavior. You can only control with how you relate to it. And mm. asking your girlfriend to reach out to her ex to have him take down the social media is asking for a hell of a lot. Of trouble, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're asking your girlfriend to take down the boundary that she has upheld by blocking this person by going hypothetically no contact. I'm just assuming, um, and asking him to delete all these memories. Like, it's not we can't we can't create a world that is triggerless for ourselves. That Mm -hmm. is impossible. And particularly in this situation, I don't want you to put M in the situation in which she has to put herself in harm's way to advocate for you so that you stop looking so that when you look at the ex's social media, it doesn't trigger you like it's never going to happen. You know, and and to be honest, like to be vulnerable, that's what I have to tell myself when I like feel the weird urge To look at an ex's social media, I have to I have to do what Virgie Tovar taught us in the interview series um, to a couple like a month ago um, that I'm making mindful, active choices. I need to acknowledge my choices. Virgie talked about like a huge, a huge step that she took in terms of creating a sense of agency for herself was just naming the choices she was making, even when she wasn't sure she was proud of those choices. Like Mm. I'm choosing to be with this person who emotionally abuses me and uses me as a sex life right I'm choosing to do this today right just naming those choices so for me and you we would say I'm choosing to type in the name of somebody who is not in my my partner's life not in my life so that I can actively hurt myself by making myself feel insecure about something in the past that I cannot change like I cannot mm-hmm. change you and and here's the thing that jealousy needs to know like, Jay the ex might be acting out right now. he might be trying to access your ex in really unhealthy ways might be hurting whatever his deal is right he he needs some boundaries for Christmas, you know but you can't control that. that is not that is not within your scope of control. Um, mm-hmm. and so name what you're doing. I am actively choosing to engage with something that I know I cannot change and control and that I know triggers me. I'm choosing that. <laughs> I'm choosing that today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I love that. I love that. Like that level of accountability to be like, yep, yeah, I'm choosing to do this. Um, and like all of that stuff, to be clear, all the stuff that you said about them or, or her, Jay's uncle going on and like liking all those photos or like random people texting her hola, like I don't know if that's Jay it absolutely could be right and that still has like nothing to do with your current relationship right like it doesn't who who cares right like that's that's sad that he's he's that upset about the relationship and like if he wrote in I would definitely extend him a lot of kindness around like
0: right
1: how he could like get over this relationship (laughs) but at the end of the day like him contacting your girlfriend doesn't again doesn't diminish your relationship with your girlfriend whatsoever right like she's an adult she's choosing to be with you she's choosing to be in this relationship she can take care of herself and ignore those things as they come in or unfollow block his uncle right like right. she she can decide her own boundaries around what she feels comfortable with or not comfortable with given what she knows about jay right and it again it doesn't diminish your relationship at all like we can't exist in vacuums. Like people are around us and they're gonna be doing their people stuff all the time. And so like, we have to get to a point where we can say like, yep, that's happening over there. And it's like touching me, but it doesn't actually matter, right? Like it's still, it's not in or of me. It doesn't affect me or my relationship at all. And that's like easier said than done for sure. But I think getting to a point where you can spend more time focusing on you and the amazing relationship and love that you have with this person and less time on things that you can't control and things that actually don't really have a bearing on whether or not you and M are in love with each other, right? <laughs> right? Or whether you and M are in relationship with each other. Um, and I know that's hard because we've been we have been socialized to like care a lot about what other people are doing and like how that's affecting us. Um, and but the at the end of the day, like him contacting her through these weird ways is like creepy and weird. Sure. Yes. But also like actually doesn't have any impact on on your love for each other.
0: Yes. The last thing I just want to say is like. Hey, jealousy is normal. Jealousy doesn't mean you're a bad partner, right? Mm -hmm. You're not a bad person for being triggered by these things. This doesn't make you broken. It doesn't make you flawed. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make you a bad partner. I feel these feelings in my secure marriage, right? Um, But what it comes down to is being able to create a dynamic in yourself and in your relationship in which you can say, oh, man. Those messages trigger me or Mm -hmm. those photos of you and your past happiness trigger me. But I know I'm not only do I know that those have no that those have no bearing on the happiness that I have now, that I can't change them, that I love the path that brought you to me. um, I I'm just going to vocalize it. I'm going to let myself man, man, I feel man, I feel insecure that you had a love before me. But I, I'm not going to act on that, right? Like I'm not going mm-hmm. to, the action I'm going to take is validating my feelings and and recommitting to the present moment, recommitting to the happiness that I know is real right now, because that past happiness is not threatening me, even though my insecurity tells me it is.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you are infinitely capable You have so much capacity to be able to respond in the way that you would like to respond. And I think sometimes we get it into our heads that we're like these broken things that like can't help but do the things that hurt them. And to a certain extent, sure. But I think that you are capable of doing things that you know are going to be helpful and healthy and nutritious for yourself and for your relationship.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jealous boyfriend, we love you exactly as you are. And we hope this helps.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about? I will tell you that I 100% am in that 75% of people. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had maybe, I don't know, 15 subscriptions, Um, but I couldn't believe it when actually I had way more than that. And it was things that I both had forgotten about and not forgotten about, but like seeing it all in one place was a real sort of amazing moments of clarity for me from streaming services and fitness apps and delivery services, like everyone's trying to sell you a subscription now. And Rocket Money is great because it helps make sure that you're no longer wasting money on the ones that you forgot about.
0: Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps find and cancel your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want rocket money can help me cancel it with just a few taps I love how the dashboard helps me see this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits it is humbling (laughs) (laughs) and incredibly helpful Uh and They'll also help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track.
1: Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in cancel subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop waiting. Wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/justbreakup.
0: That's rocketmoney.com/justbreakup. rocketmoney.com/justbreakup.
1: All right, our next letter comes from Difficult Daughter, whose pronouns are she/her and who is writing from Canada. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First of all, thank you so much for being such wonderful company on my commute each week. It makes my drive to and from work so much more enjoyable, and I appreciate all of the things I've learned and discovered from listening to you. I know you folks usually tackle more romantic relationship type questions, but I'm hoping you can give me some guidance on a situation with my parents. I live approximately 53 hours by car from my parents. So neither. That's a very long drive. (laughs) So needless to say that we don't get to see each other a lot and it was pretty much impossible during the pandemic. Now that things are settling and opening up again, my parents really want to do Christmas together. I've been pushing for my parents and sister to come to my very fun city and do Christmas here for years. So I thought that this was the perfect time to do it. There's so many fun things that happen around my holidays in my city. They could finally get to meet my dog, the closest thing they'll ever get to grandkids with me, but that's an issue for another letter. They could try some of the restaurants they see on TV, the whole thing. However, they expected that I would travel home. Their reasoning was that they had no one to take care of their dog, which is not true, as they've mentioned people offering to take care of her in the past. When pressed, that was the only reason they had for not coming out my way. They expected me to ask my ex to take my dog, which is not an option because he was never interested in the dog, and even if he was, we don't text our exes. Boarding him is an option, but that's an extra $1,000 I don't have after COVID put me out of work for a long while." I also just really don't want to go to my parents' small town during the holidays. I've gone before and the weather is always too bad to go out. Yay, Canada. So I end up spending the whole time watching TV, worrying about all the time I'm wasting doing nothing, and playing therapist for them. I don't mention this aspect to them because it's just another argument. I've accepted their emotional immaturity, and I know I can only control how I respond to them. Needless to say, this isn't good for my mental health. I prefer to go home in the summer when we can go to the beach for hikes, check out events, etc., where I can limit how much time they unload onto me and can feel like I'm actually doing something. I thought this was resolved and I'd made my position clear, but by the next time I talked to them on the phone, they restarted the whole conversation by saying, so have you made plans for coming out here yet? And we had to go through the whole thing again. I understand that it's a lot easier for one person to travel than two and leaving your dog sucks. It's also easier for my sister to travel there than come here since she's a poor student and lives only a few hours away from them. But I don't want to waste a week watching TV or listening to them complain when I could actually be doing something. And to be honest, I really just want to show off my super cool life to them. Mm. I always end up being the one to travel and they've only been out here once in the nearly eight years I've lived here. They've never met my dog, met any of my friends, seen where I live, most of my favorite places, etc. And it makes me feel like they don't care. I've made it clear that I will not be traveling home and that they can choose whether or not they want to come and spend Christmas here. But I get the feeling we'll be going over the whole thing again next time we chat. I guess my question is, am I being unreasonable? And what are your thoughts on this situation? Any advice for talking to them about this? I've been floating the situation with my friends, but you folks are significantly more impartial than people who already know me well. Whether you answer this or not, I appreciate you reading it and feel better just getting it out of my head. Thank you for everything that you do and already looking forward to the next episode.
0: Well, thank you so much for writing A Difficult Daughter. Uh, I think this is a perfectly timed question considering... The holidays are upon us or have been upon us or are coming, Mm impending. And and man, holiday traditions and family can bring up a ton of stuff and often make us feel like we are children again. You know what I mean? Mm.
1: That's so real. That is so real. There's like a lot of stuff that I've been seeing online about how like we can't hold ourselves to the same standards that we do. Like when we're in our home, like when we're back with our parents, because like it's like yeah, of course you regress because you're like around the people who like made you feel like a child all the
0: time, right? Like I I hundred percent regress, hundred (laughs) percent. Um, so just like a general affirmation to this whole letter and like the things that are brought up into it, um, you can absolutely make your own plan for the holidays amidst family pressures and traditions. Like I don't think that you are being a bad daughter um, by saying like this trip is not ideal for me. So I'm going to do something else.
1: Um, I appreciate that boundary that you put up with them. And I also appreciate that you're talking about like the fact that you can't control them and you can't make them do anything. And, you know, your responses to them is really the only thing that you can change Mm -hmm. um, or that you have control over. Um, so that's, that's great that you're saying like, I know that this is going to be triggering for me. I know that this is going to be, um, hard for me to do and I'm not really interested in it. So I'm, I'm not going to go home for Christmas. Like, I think that that is a really healthy boundary to put down. Um, I do wonder if it would be helpful and I don't know you and I don't know your parents, but I wonder if it would be helpful for you to share some of the stuff that you shared with us about how the fact that they haven't visited you makes you feel, yeah. um, like the fact that you want to show them your life and that you want them to see the places that you hang out and the things that you do and, um, and that them not coming out to visit you makes you feel like they're not interested in the things that bring you joy or the things that, that are important to you. Um, And I know that I had to have that conversation with my parents too, um, because, you know, they used to live in Wisconsin and then I lived in Minneapolis and my sister also lived here and they would, come up and then they would go to my sister's house to see the grandkids and then they would stay there the whole weekend and then they would drive back to Wisconsin. And I eventually had to like, sit them down and be like, Hey, I appreciate that you all drive up here. Um, but you always only go to my sister's house and there's stuff like, I also have a life here too, that I want you all to see and be part of. And I would love it if you would make an effort to like, come have dinner with me in Mm -hmm. Minneapolis or like, or, Come with me to my favorite park to go for a walk because uh, I want to show you things about my life. And I think it's really important for you to see who I am and the life that I've created in this this place that I love. So um, my parents were really responsive to that. I can't tell you if yours are going to be responsive to that, but it's something that that you can share with them. Um, yeah. If you feel like it's going to be helpful.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that you can have that conversation with a couple important things in mind. Number one, holidays are challenging for people because there is a lot of anticipated happiness. It just, mm-hmm. and, and, and there are a lot of like... Um, often instilled traditions so people have a hard time envisioning those holidays that they've all spent at home with their families somewhere else right and i'm saying that just to say like when you bring up when you have this conversation that sam and i definitely think you should have which is just basically like hey i want you to guy i want you all to see my life here i i want to share my life with you maybe you can say um you know, me making the trip this holiday just isn't realistic for me. I want to spend time together. It doesn't have to be the holidays. Maybe we could spend um, a less high stakes weekend together, you know, but this holiday, it doesn't, it's not in the cards for me to come and visit you. You know, I think mm-hmm. the holidays just like people are really sucked into tradition and and we have to realize that traditions are just what happens over and over again. They're incredibly yeah. malleable. You know what I mean? They are
1: just patterns that we've yes, all collectively patterns. agreed That's to That's a do. great word.
0: <laughs> yep. They're just patterns. Patterns can always change, but um, you might, your parents might be more receptive to coming to visit you, something that I definitely think you deserve, but they might be more receptive to it at a different time. Um, mm-hmm. Yet again, though, I still think you can say... Um, and say it explicitly, like, I know we think we communicate explicitly. I know I think I do, but sometimes I have to, like, actually write down the actual things I've said to people. Have you said, I can't come because boarding my dog would be $1,000 and I don't feel comfortable reaching out to my ex? I can't afford that. I Can't afford mm-hmm. $1,000, right? Like, have we have we said those explicit details so that the other party... Is capable of understanding us through their lens of needs you know because your parents are hearing you right now through their desires their needs their worries about their dogs and like can can we blame them for that no can we hold them accountable to it yes you can say (laughs) I need you to hear my needs and my concerns as well
1: absolutely yeah and I think um one of the other things that you can consider too is is not spending a whole week there as yeah. well.
0: Like, yeah, totally. Right?
1: Like I I find that like for family stuff, like a few days is really like the the key amount of days for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. To a week are you <laughs> are
1: you like, um, especially like given the circumstance that you're, you've you talked about too of like some of the emotional unloading that's happening and like the right. fact that like being back in our childhood home can make us regress in weird ways that are uncomfortable for us like we've talked about um, and I I also like want to say like yeah absolutely like avoiding some of those things I think is, is really um, probably good for your mental health but I do want to challenge you to think about um, your your relationship to, like, rest and, like, mm. not doing things, too. Because, like, part of this is, like, some of the stuff that came up in this, too, is, like, um, I'm worrying about all the time I'm wasting by doing nothing. Or I don't want to waste a week just, like, watching TV. Mm. Um, which I totally understand that impulse, but I also want to just, like, create an idea that rest is not wasteful, right? Like that that watching TV for a week when you've been working and building your social life and going to all these really cool places isn't a waste. It might actually be something that can be really restorative. And I i just want to ask you the question tenderly and kindly, who told you that resting was wasteful, right? right? Who told you that? Capitalism, um, <laughs> but like maybe others, I don't know. Was that a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> um but I say that like in the most loving way because I also have a, a lot of anxiety An around like, doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um and I'm actually really good at resting but really bad at feeling good about the resting. Mm-hmm. Right? Like mm-hmm. I'm actually like pretty good at just like hanging out on the couch for a few hours. Um, Like spending my Saturday, like not leaving the house, but then also what happens afterwards is like, oh God, I didn't do anything today. Oh God, I was so unproductive. Oh God, like all of this stuff without taking into account that like I work two jobs and like they're both like emotionally really draining sometimes and like frustrating in some ways and like all of these different things that like yeah on Saturdays sometimes I just need to not do anything
0: yeah or like
1: maybe I need to spend a week not working and just like hanging out and like watching Christmas movies like maybe that's what my body needs and that's not wasteful that is rest that is an important thing that helps us continue to be able to be resilient in the face of all of the stuff that we have to and get to do in our right. lives.
0: And you know what? Sam and I are not saying that rest equals spending time with our family because we know. <laughs>
1: that but. can also be not restful.
0: <laughs> but I think Sam brings up a great point, And I'm going to tie that point in with this statement. Love <laughs> um, it. i trying to get the, the essay word count in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're like Charles Dickens. We get paid yeah. by the word. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, The point I want to make that I'm going to tie into Sam's is it's absolutely more than okay for you to say, I can't make this trip. I'm really sorry. I would love to spend the holidays with you, but it is not feasible. It is not possible in my world for that to happen. And also, it is possible for you to, um, help me out with a word here, like, uh, give in a little of your boundaries.
1: Yeah. Be more flexible.
0: Yeah. Um secede that would secede some of your boundaries would that word word work
1: remember how we don't know what that word is
0: (laughs) secede like you secede in battle yeah but should keep this whole thing (laughs) secede
1: that you can cede territory
0: no no no. secede
1: (laughs) secede means like secede from the union yes that's what i'm
0: saying pull back some of your boundaries None of that makes sense.
1: No, seed. No, that's seed. C E D E.
0: That's not a word. A seed is something you plant in the ground.
1: <laughs> no, you seed territory. When you literally, secede, you like break literally apart. Spencer, from. you
0: can decide whether or not to keep this in because this is too fucking funny. This is this is the behind the We've scenes. We've had this
1: argument before. I don't remember that. <laughs> Spencer is yes was there and was like you're both idiots because you don't know what either of those words mean. <laughs>
0: Okay, this is what I'm trying to say.
1: Spencer, you can you can cut in and confirm that we're both idiots <laughs> for not knowing what these words no, mean. Just... This is a conversation we've had multiple times. <laughs> I love you both very much. Uh, you're not idiots, but there's no way you both have degrees in English. The word is concede, and Sam, you're correct. We've had this conversation on at least two previous occasions.
0: My publishers are like, maybe we should cancel this deal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What I'm trying to say is you can go back on some of your boundaries. You can negotiate some of your boundaries in a way that is honoring your parents' desires and honoring your needs at the same time. Okay. I'm going to tie this into what Sam said about what is, you know, why is rest not something you want to do? If I had to go back to see my family for a week and this was something that was really weighing on me and something that I already was like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. Is this going to be good for me? I don't want to waste my time. I would prep myself by saying this is how I'm going to take care of my needs while I'm at my parents' house. Just because I'm in their space, just because we're doing this holiday tradition, just because I have this chunk of time doesn't mean that I need to secede (laughs) No, give in to their boundaries of things, their you know like you can if you need to be outside, pack an umbrella and say I'm gonna go for a walk <laughs> every day at three. this is what I need to do. you know what I mean? like that's
1: real. Yep. Um,
0: don't get me wrong, I know Canada is very cold um, but like so is Minnesota and New York. so we can be out you know like what do you what and the, the other thing I wanted to say <laughs> 3,000 years later is what does rest? look like for you does it look like watching Mm -hmm. tv in your bed and not on your parents couch you know like Mm -hmm. is there something that Mm -hmm. triggers wasted time in your parents space and these are all like heady things that we're unpacking the tldr is like yeah don't go home doesn't sound like it's a good deal for you but also there's a way for all of this stuff to exist at the same time our boundaries can exist within and beside the boundaries of others, you know, the desires mm-hmm. of others. And yep. um, and rest can also exist in times of um, stress or productivity, you know, blah, 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 blah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Words. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I absolutely. No, I, we don't need anything. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you want to wrap it up?
1: I think so. I think I said all I need to say.
0: <laughs> you do it. I'm oh, you want
1: me to wrap it up? Got it. <laughs> We're doing great. We're doing great.
0: We're at an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, difficult daughter. You are not a difficult daughter. You are just a daughter who's <laughs> trying to figure out what it means to be in relationship with your parents who live fifty-three hours away by car. Um, and that's what life is—is is yeah. figuring these things out, um, upholding our boundaries, but not being boundary bullies about it. Finding places Ooh, where well, we I like can. That. Yeah, finding places where we can meet people where they need to be met, while also making sure we're taking care of ourselves, and that's a lifetime journey. That's that's not something you figure yeah. out and then you you just check it off your list and wash your hands. But I'm realizing it's something that now, you're
0: gonna <laughs> I'm realizing now that secede doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, yeah, like you secede from the union, you secede from your boundaries, you take a couple steps back. Got it. Listen, difficult daughter, we love you. Thanks so much for, <laughs> for accepting so us much. for who we are.
1: <laughs> we love you. Thank you.
0: All right, our final letter comes to us from Indus Pair, Indus Pair, who is mm-hmm. whose pronouns are she/her, who is writing to us from the void. Dear Sam and Sierra, first of all, thank you for your work. You've helped me. Uh, you have helped me so much over the past years reflect on differently upon my relationship behaviors and have even inspired me to finally seek much-needed professional help for all of my issues, LOL. <laughs> love
1: that.
0: Um, thank you so much. Uh, I hope this fi- letter finds you well. For context, I'm a cisgendered woman in my early 30s. I'm writing to you because I, as so many people in history, have fallen in love with a good friend, he, him. We've mm-hmm. known each other for years. You know how with some people you just never get sick of them. Like things are always more fun fun when they're around. I've always felt that there are people that you're friendly with and then there are people that just make you feel at home. Whenever we spend time together, I feel better afterwards and on bad days when I don't feel like seeing anyone, it would always still be worth seeing him. I've always felt very attracted to him, which I noticed in the awkwardness that accompanies casual physical closeness, like two shoulders rubbing together in a busy street. Mm. I know. I know. This letter's getting I me love in the. Mm. Uh, yeah. And also, also, you're describing how I feel about Willow's, which is a nice Aww. thing for me. Um, That's so sweet. Well, I like to rub shoulders with her. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's your sex. It's just rubbing shoulders. <laughs>
0: yeah, that is lesbian <laughs> sex. Same.
1: I've always wondered.
0: I know. I know. I know you
1: have. <laughs> Woo!
0: Okay. Sam and I have the giggles after our little (laughs) linguistical (laughs) excursion earlier. (laughs) We have both dated people in the years that we've known each other and sometimes talked about it. However, none of our relationships have become serious enough to entirely ban the possibility of the two of us together in my mind. And so my feelings are very clear. What is the point of writing, you may ask? The point is that I do not think my feelings are reciprocated and simultaneously I am dead scared of trying to find out. We have a great circle of mutual friends and the thought of them finding out about my attraction to him is terrifying for reasons that honestly I don't particularly understand myself. I feel shame in the same way as when your parents ask you whether you, quote, like someone at 12 years old. I also oh. feel embarrassed at the thought that I've denied having feelings for years when people, not him, have asked I feel like although I'm so scared, never knowing for sure keeps the idea of a possibility of a happy ever after relationship so alive that any other love interest on my part is not fruitful. So my question is this, why on earth is it so scary and why do I feel such shame concerning my feelings? Can you relate? What are your thoughts on this? And also, if I want to move out of the realm of could and ifs where we end up together, how do I go about it? Do I have to tell them? And if so, how after all of these years? Thank you so much for reading this. Just writing it makes me feel like a helpless teenager longing for a direction. Mm. Oh, thank you so much for writing in despair. Listen, we're all helpless teenagers. Like, (laughs) let's not put ourselves on an adult pedestal because, like, (laughs) the urges of teenagers and children, you know, to be, like, affirmed to, like, want to feel reciprocated feelings and, you know, like these are all human feelings. That's why like toddlers and teenagers are so infuriating to us is that like they are the most pure human desires. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They want to be seen. They want to be touched. They want to be affirmed. They want to be loved. They want to be heard. Right. And they have a way of asking for it. And that is like to us adults is has such a da- audacity you know what i mean like how dare you be so direct in your desires about things
1: oh absolutely yes how dare you just like show your emotions on your sleeves like that <laughs> that's not allowed what are you, what are you yeah, doing
0: yeah and also like in the in the same vein like um to speak to your inner child my darling in despair um How dare you uh, dream that you could possibly be reciprocated in your Mm. feelings of love um, and happiness and specialness that you feel about this person? We love to diminish our inner child. We love to, like, diminish that awe and wonder and and worthiness that we inherently feel as children you know the world beats us out of it and so that's why you're feeling shame because you've been Mm -hmm. taught like well how dare you think that somebody would reciprocate these feelings about you Mm -hmm. um but how dare you not how dare you not think that you are totally crush worthable and that like it is totally possible that another person has had reciprocal feelings about you hidden and they kept it hidden just like you did because you know Mm -hmm. like Um, How dare you think that you are the only person who could feel who could hide their feelings? You know, we all do that Mm,
1: For sure for sure Yeah, and the question of why on earth is it so scary is because it's vulnerable to have feelings for someone Mm. right and we're taught that vulnerability is Scary because it is scary right because we're putting ourselves out there and we're we're recognizing that our feelings can be Directly impacted by other people and like that's a scary thing to be thinking about Um, And we're taught that vulnerability is shameful, right, that we shouldn't have the feelings for people or we shouldn't allow ourselves to be exposed in any way, right, that that's shameful, that we should be closed off, that we should be only focused on ourselves and and not allow other people to to have any impact, that we should be totally independent and self-sufficient, totally denying the fact that like every person on this planet is interdependent. And like, yeah, of course you're feeling all that. Yeah, Yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me because that's that's what we're taught to do. Um, And just this idea of like we should somehow be better than our emotions, or we shouldn't we shouldn't like people, or we should we should like be more rational about our feelings. Right, like not have Um, a crush on
0: a friend. Like,
1: right, it's just so. It's so relatable and understandable. And at the same time, it's so silly, right? Like, that's how I feel about it. It's like, yeah, no, I can totally understand why you're feeling that. And also like, that's why are we like this? Yeah. That's that's just so silly. Why are we
0: like this?
1: (laughs) Right. Um, And so one of the things that I have been doing for myself when I am having a risk or a reaction to my own emotions, that's like negative or like, why are you feeling this way? Like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, is just telling myself over and over again, of course, So it's like, of course you're feeling this way. Of course you have a crush on this guy. He seems really great. And you seem like you get along really well. And like you you feel a static electricity when he touches your shoulder, Mm. right? Like, of course you have a crush on him. And of course you're nervous about what that means because like, it's scary. It's scary to have a crush on someone and you don't know how he's going to respond or if he even would. Like, of course you're anxious about that. Like that absolutely makes sense. And saying like, Going through that process of saying, of course, to myself over and over again helps me just like feel the things that I'm feeling totally. as opposed to feeling something about the thing that I'm feeling. Totally. Right. And instead just being like, oh, yeah. Oh, crushes are hard, but also fun. But also just like, oh, they make me so nervous. But also like there could be something fun that comes from this. Right. Just like then I get to live in the feelings that I'm feeling as opposed to being like one step removed from them, forcing myself to feel shame about like totally understandable and beautiful reactions yeah. to things that are happening to me and with me.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because the next thing I was going to say is like, I'm going to give you a little bit of a homework and just, I want you to parent yourself. I want you mm-hmm. to be, I want you to, to picture that the feelings that you're feeling right now are in the body of a, a toddler and in the body of a young person and they're saying to you the adult they're saying why is it so scary like I shouldn't you know should I feel this way is it stupid of me to have a crush on someone and to think that somebody could have a crush back on me and I want you to parent yourself and and I don't mean like uh punish yourself we often conflate parenting with mm. ruling you know controlling punishment yeah. yep. but i mean yep. nurture i want you to nurture yourself as a, pa- a mm. parent yourself and i want you to say as sam said of course it's scary to like somebody it's you're feeling really big feelings you're feeling feelings of joy which automatically come with feelings of fear because when you feel happy we are afraid of losing it right peaks come hand in hand with valleys right highs yep. come hand in hand with, with lows because you know how good it feels to be up here and you and then you know inevitably how good it feels to feel when you don't feel that good feeling so i want you to nurture yourself and say it's okay to feel scared but it's it's important for you to validate your feelings. And I see these fel- feelings and I validate them and that mm-hmm. you're desirable. You're worthy of this person's attention. And even if they don't reciprocate it in the same way that you feel doesn't mean they don't value and respect you as a person. Right.
1: Absolutely. Um, yep. but
0: Like not even dealing with the crush yet. I just want you to like, okay, that it's I want you to nurture yourself. I want you to tell yourself it's okay to have these feelings and it's okay to be scared, but you're going to be there for yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to be there if anything goes wrong and that you're brave and capable and worthy,
1: which is like easier
0: said than done. But like, that's what I see at the core of this letter. It's it's in so many letters and in so many of my inner conflicts, it's that I'm not giving myself the space to feel the things I'm feeling.
1: Mm -hmm. No, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you know what, it may be all of the Christmas movies I've been watching nonstop (laughs) since December 1st, but I say,
0: I know, go for it.
1: (laughs) You should, you should tell this person how you're feeling because according to every lifetime Christmas movie I've ever seen, this is only going to go well. There will be some sort of like third act conflict, but at the end you will come together around (laughs) this. Um, but in all seriousness, like, I think you should tell him how you're feeling and Who knows why this hasn't happened yet? It might be because he doesn't have the same feelings for you, which, as Sierra said, is okay. Doesn't mean that he doesn't like you, respect you, want to continue to be in relationship with you. But I think getting a more firm yes or no is going to help you know what you need to do in this situation.
0: I think it hasn't happened. Sierra has a thing to say. Yes, I think it hasn't happened yet because you've told other friends that you don't have feelings for him. Like when I heard that, all, all oh, I pictured, I just with, got chills. <laughs> I know. Well, all I pictured was him being like, go ask so-and-so because we're all middle schoolers down in our core. Oh, absolutely. 100%, absolutely. Right. Or like that, there was such a connection that the other friends noticed it and wanted to ask about it. And then, you know, those, those feelings were denied. And so they weren't pursued because it's, yeah. because because it had the boundaries that you have put up or the walls that you've put up reasonably but like those walls are not serving you anymore prevented you know made, made the other party feel like maybe it wasn't a safe thing to pursue that's that's my little estimation I love that I know I, don't I want you? that
1: because that feels like that feels like a lifetime Christmas movie for sure um <laughs>
0: Saw a tweet the other day that was like, I'm going to watch all Lifetime movies backwards where like a woman in like a beat up truck and an ugly sweater leaves her little small town boyfriend, uh, moves to the city, gets a great job and has beautiful clothes <laughs> or
1: whatever. Oh, that's hilarious. I know. Um, yeah. No, there's like a million reasons why this hasn't happened yet. And one of them could be that he doesn't like you in the same way. And. A hundred of them could be that he just doesn't know how to make it happen, right? Like, I think you should tell him because I think it's going to give you more clarity around, like, how much time and energy you want to continue putting in this person. I agree. And to be clear, it's not embarrassing or shameful to have feelings for someone and admit those feelings to them. Right. That is, like, the world may tell us that sharing our feelings is somehow, like, bad.
0: (laughs) It's our superpower.
1: But it's our superpower. It's literally... It's our capacity to be in relationship with each other, to find connection is like, is so beautiful. It is like, it's the reason why I do this fucking podcast, everyone, like, because I want more human connection. Yeah, And
0: guess what? (laughs) Connection doesn't mean, doesn't have to mean, oh my God, romantic connection. Like we are partnering for the rest of our lives together now. It can be the fact that this is a very special friendship and, and and you need to you need to have more conversations to have clarity about what type of f- special relationship this is you know what i mean for sure
1: connection is be... about
0: being seen and heard
1: exactly yes it can be just you sh- sharing your feelings with him and him receiving them and like that could be it right yeah. like you you don't have to hold this all by yourself right like you can let other people not carry it for you but like carry it with you at for a time
0: yeah, totally.
1: This is this is literally stuff my therapist says to me every fucking week. So like, I'm just repeating it back to you all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by therapy.
1: <laughs> Honestly, we've talked so much about therapy in this episode.
0: <laughs> all right, in despair, pair. Indus is a. I'm into that name. Um, it's a good name. Yeah. Uh, we hope that you are out despair. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself today, (laughs) Um, but we love you. We love you so much, and we are the little, you know, champions in the back of your mind saying, like, it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to, like, look into the scary unknown of a crush and say, okay, I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to do this despite the terrifying fact that I have no idea what the outcome is. Mm. That is the essence of humanness. That's the essence of connection Um, is... Is the unknown um, and leaning into it. And we love you. And we, we hope this you. helps. Thank,
1: thank you so much for writing.
0: All right. That brings us to the blind date segment of this episode. Episode. Every episode. Every so show, we want to shout out something <laughs> that we love that we want to set you up with. Then this week we are sending you home with.
1: A Christmas movie um, <laughs> called Single All the Way. Oh my God. I um,
0: need you to hear your endorsement on this because I started it and I was like, this feels like a gay holiday movie written by straight people. So I need you to tell yeah. me that it gets better.
1: Um, it doesn't really <laughs> get better, but it's like got gay people in it. So. Yeah, I
0: know. I get it. I get it. <laughs> like, I definitely yep. put it on. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it also. <laughs> It also I, has sorry, Kathy and the Jimmy. Tra-
0: I didn't mean to drag your. <laughs>
1: also- I texted you
0: about it, and I was. <laughs> I- <laughs> this is just an authentic. I'm sorry. I didn't turn it off because I was like, I hate this. I just was like, I'm gonna finish this later.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it's a it's a Christmas movie for sure. So like, take that. Like, I don't want yeah, anyone yeah, going yeah. into it's this thinking in it's going to right be like. Direction. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, I've seen a lot of Christmas movies uh, the like, past couple weeks, and like, this one was. The best one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I need to keep watching it then.
1: Yeah. Um, But it follows like two uh, gay men who are roommates. um, And one of them goes back home to New Hampshire and tries to convince his gay roommate to like pretend like they've fallen in love with each other, which um, doesn't happen. (laughs) Right, (laughs) Falls apart very quickly. um, And then it's just sort of like, you know conversations about home and family and love and all of those good things um it also has kathy Jimmy in it who i love who's a gay icon because of her performances in sister act sister act two and hocus pocus and it also has what's her name oh
0: the one from schitt's
1: creek oh yeah so it has the um jocelyn from schitt's creek And it also has Jennifer Coolidge in it. Oh,
0: oh yes, this is another gay icon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, And she has a very funny monologue halfway through about how the gays love her, and it was fantastic. Yeah, Um, uh, it was. It was great. Like it's a Christmas movie. Y'all know I love Christmas movies, so I wanted to like at least endorse one this year, and this one was good. It's on Netflix. Um, Also, just like candidly. The two main characters are played by gay men, like oh, gay good. actors, yeah, yeah, which is yeah. like nice, right? Because so totally. often it's like straight people, yeah, playing gay people, and then like getting Oscar buzz for it, which like <laughs> we can have a whole conversation about later. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I so, want to
0: apologize because it's just in the beginning, characters that have nothing to do with main characters um, are dis- are portrayed, and they're like Instagram gays, like that are really oh those, super and to be official. clear, those are.
1: Real. Literally Instagram gays. Like yeah. those are literal, like they're, those
0: are real people.
1: Those are I'm... real people who who are Instagram gays. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Anyway, so no, I like, like saw
1: them and I was like, oh, I know like five oh of my those God. 10 men. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I need to say I only watched like 10 minutes of it, but I, I put it on and I'm going to put it on again. I'm into it. I honestly, any fucking gay Christmas movie, I was like, well, I'll give it a try. <laughs> I'll watch this even if it hurts me. <laughs> like the, like they're... my, my, Wife's ex's social media. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Um, there is also a gay, like literally a gay lifetime movie, which I also watched, which has Fran Drescher in it, which oh is also not bad. Honestly, Fran Drescher
0: is my g- like. I keep forgetting to be her for Halloween like that, like every year That's in like November costume. or February, I'm like, I'm going to be the nanny. And then I forget. So you just have to remind me. Ins- uh, just break up listeners. Remind me. Yeah, please, I want to be Fran please, Drescher yeah. for Halloween.
1: Um, And also in that Lifetime movie, I think it's called The Christmas Setup. The two main people are also gay men who are actually married to each other, which I was like, way to go Netflix and and Lifetime for like putting your money where your fucking mouth is as opposed to like every other studio in Hollywood (laughs) that keeps hiring straight men to play gay people and then like queer baiting everyone as like publicity. Anyway... Uh, that movie on Netflix is called Single All the Way, so you should check it out and don't listen to Sierra because, like, just get over <laughs> no, the Instagram case d- at the beginning. <laughs> I just
0: need to. Yep. Yep. It just felt very like, um, and here's a gay tagline and here's a gay tagline. But, like, I just got to get into the. I, I'm i sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> you forgive forgiven. Thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this chaotic mess of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> you can like us on uh, Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod.
0: You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters with heart at Just dot com, which is also where you can find our merchandise.
1: Please remember to subscribe, follow, and give us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Let me pause you for a second and say we are like nine ratings away on Apple Podcasts to have over a thousand five-star ratings or however many, whatever ratings we have. So if you want to give us a holiday present this year, please go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. This is such a small, quick, and impactful action for us. And I'd love to see that uh that number go over a thousand yes, it really does I, I mean that. it seems so little but like I fucking look at reviews for everything whether it's like um some printer ink that I'm buying or a <laughs> podcast that I'm listening to so please um yep. reviews are are a lifeblood to podcasts so
1: absolutely Uh, and consider supporting us on Patreon. This is also a Christmas gift you can give us if you are so inclined. (laughs) Uh, If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
0: Original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our amazing friend Big Cats, a.k.a. Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his music on Spotify. And remember, you have absolute permission to feel the feelings your feelings, even the feelings that you're ashamed of, whether they be jealousy or insecurity or fear. It's okay to feel those feelings. We can't stop ourselves from being human. We can welcome those feelings in, pull up the a chair for them at the table, and and really dig into why we're feeling that way. We don't need to change the feelings that we're having. We need to empower ourselves to respond to the feelings differently. And if all else fails,
1: just break up.